So Money episode 96. Jenny Poulos. You're listening to So Money with award-winning money guru Farnoosh Karabi. Each day, get a 30-minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers, and from Farnoosh herself. Looking for ways to save on gas or double your double coupons? Sorry, you're in the wrong place. Seeking profound ways to live a richer, happier life? Welcome to So Money. Welcome back to So Many, everyone. Thanks for joining me. I'm your host, Farnoosh Tarabi. My guest today is not exactly a financial expert, but she is incredibly hardworking, super successful, diversely talented. And like a lot of us, she has what she calls a maxed out to-do list. My guest today is the lovely Jenny Poulos. She's best known as executive assistant to Jeff Lewis on Bravo's Emmy-nominated hit show, Flipping Out, and its spinoff show, Interior Therapy. Flipping Out is currently filming its eighth season with Jenny, adding co-executive producer to her very long to-do list, which also includes working as an actress, a comedian, writer, and rapper. Yes, she in fact won Showtime at the Apollo and was inspired to produce a rap album that just came out called Old School Kids Beats. She's also the author of the great book, Grin and Bear It, How to Be Happy No Matter What Reality Throws Your Way. I respect and love Jenny a lot. Watching her on TV, I felt as though we would connect. And as you can probably tell from this interview, I had a huge giant smile on my face during our conversation. She's extremely down to earth, very funny, very real. She's a businesswoman. She's a wife, a mom, an all around cool chick. And for all of those reasons and more, I'm really excited and honored to have her on the podcast. Three interesting takeaways from our time with Jenny. One, her biggest financial mistake right out of college, which involved, get this, passing up on an offer for a down payment on a home. What it takes to succeed in the entertainment industry. We are going to hear from somebody who is incredibly entrenched in this world of artistry and entertainment, and she's going to tell us what it's really like. It's really, really fascinating. And how to spend and invest without fear. Some emotions that she herself had to overcome. Without further ado, here is Jenny Poulos. Jenny Poulos, welcome to So Money. Thank you. It's so money to be here. (laughs) You know, to say that you're busy these days, it's an understatement. You wear a lot of professional hats. Uh, What is your favorite career role these days? Is it appearing on, flipping out, rapping, writing? Uh, I would say my favorite role by far is mother. Um, In addition, I think, you know, I'm enjoying everything. Uh, I'm an entertainer, so whether it's entertaining through uh, assisting Jeff in his design work or rapping or writing, creating shows, uh, you know, all of it is brings me joy, and I love to perform. So um, whatever that is, I think, you know, I, I wrote a book, and bear it. And in that, a big message is bloom where you're planted, mm. um, which is a gardening tip and also a Bible verse. Um, I think it's very important to uh, to do what whatever you do, do it well, as Walt Disney said. So um, that's, I think, for me, come over with time. I've learned that, you know, that that whatever you do, do your best at it. And then uh, success will follow. When you were planted as Jeff's executive assistant, how did you initially um, 
transition into that job. And then the reality show happened afterwards. So how did you feel about that? Were you comfortable being on camera all of a sudden? Well, I was working with Jeff before and my ex-husband and I had created a uh, presentation for a pilot that we talked Jeff into being in. So a lot of people, I don't know if they know that story, but it was called The Wannabes and it was about our struggle in Hollywood. And when the production company saw Jeff Lewis, you know, they flipped out. And uh, so this show (laughs) then became about him. We were shopping two presentations separately and flipping out sold. And, you know, that was now almost nine years ago. So my life took a very different turn. Um, I never thought my my personal life would unfold on camera, which it did. But um, here I stand today now uh, through the seasons, married with a baby. And, you know, when people say, oh, we feel like we know you and Jeff and Doyla. Well, they do. You know, they've mm-hmm. lived with us for eight years. So um, I was always, you know, pursuing acting. So it, it wasn't awkward, but it was definitely in a different package. I didn't think this day job that I was kind of trying to hide would end up, you know, defining a, a large part of, of what I've been, I guess, to the public eye. But my, my big message to people is um, you never know what your road's going to be. So embrace that. And again, do the best you can. And, and I learned that over time. You know, there were moments that I was like, why is this the way? This isn't what I want to be known for. And now uh, I'm so grateful for the show and what I've learned um, alongside Jeff and about my own, you know, life. So I think that it was it was all meant to be. You're kind of an anomaly. And as is Jeff, the show is so successful now in season eight. Uh, it's rare that you identify reality, quote unquote, stars who are leading healthy lives, happy lives. You know, they're not in the tabloids all the time. What differentiates you and where do a lot of these other reality stars go wrong? Because it's more like the opposite, right? You hear more about kind of drama and divorces and just unhealthy relationships. Um, How have you maintained your grounding? Uh, Well, it's constant. It's never easy. Um, My mentor of many years and the co-author of my book has taught me, you know, many lessons. And I think everybody needs a good teacher and somebody that is so smart in their field. And she always told me success writes a check that it can't cash. And I think that there's a lot of truth in that. And I think that um, what has brought me the most joy actually has been my personal life and and that growing. And um, I think when that is where your focus is, in addition to the work and kind of running your own race and not worrying about what everybody else is doing, you know, just focus on getting better at what you do. And I know that that's always been, you know, Jeff. He, he's always wanted to get better at his work. And that's where we try to maintain and keep our focus. Then the rest of it is just a byproduct. And I think some people maybe get very caught up in, in how relevant they stay and how famous. And, you know, we're living in a world like that. We're posting constantly. We're, it's a, it's a, a time where everybody can kind of be, you know, seen, but not really seen. And that's, I think, the difference is to really to to fulfill things where when you're seen, you know, it it's for a reason. 
Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And I think now as a mom, as a, as a parent, you have like a higher purpose, right? It's you can't get too caught up in like things really get put in perspective for you when you become a parent. It's so funny because all these cliche things that you hear right. before you're a parent, you, you know, it's, and then when you're in the club, you're like, oh, my gosh, I never understood this. It's all perception. You know, um, it's the greatest thing I will ever do. And uh, there, nothing will compare. And, and trust me, I, I'm very career driven. But there's a, a joy and a purpose, you know, so anybody that says they're a quote unquote stay at home mom, um, that's the biggest and hardest and best job out there, you know, in addition, obviously, to many others. But there's there's nothing about that that isn't important and mm-hmm. crucial. And, you know, I'm fortunate to have good help. And so she's being raised by myself. But, I, you know, they say it takes a village. And I believe oh, yeah. that to be true because I want her to be um, raised and loved by many people and many spirits. And, and that's, you know... I'm fortunate that that's happening between my mom and my sister and, and they all are giving to her and she, she enriches their life as well. So I think that that's, you know, through my work now though, I'm, I think I'm a more full, you know, more attentive and more present because when you become a parent, you're forced to, to become it, you know, it's less about you and that's a wonderful thing. That's what you want in your life. Is exactly. That's about us, you know, living in a in a society, I think, where it is very me, me, me. We all should strive, you know, and it's not easy, but to make it about others and to make it about, you know, focusing on the other person and focusing on the work. And that's why I say in your job, you know, make it about really being there for your boss, really being there for your employer. Put yourself in their position instead of saying, why me? You know, understand it and learn about what it is that they're doing so that you can be an asset, you know, and not have to say, why aren't they appreciating me? Appreciate yourself. And it will become, you know, it'll come naturally that you'll be appreciated in your job. You probably get this a lot, but I feel as though we're kindred, kindred spirits. I don't say this a lot about me and like people on television, but I, I don't know. I just, I love hearing you speak. I sense you come from a very, you know, rich, grounded background. So I'd love to transition now to share with our audience more about you, your upbringing. Um, we, of course, on this show, we talk a lot about money, my favorite topic. And so I'd yes, like to start. I yeah, I'd love to. <laughs> I'm prepared for oh, yay. talk. Good, yes. good. I love when guests prepare. <laughs> what is your biggest money mantra, like a financial philosophy that you learned at some point that helps kind of steer you when it comes to making financial choices, business moves? What is it? Uh, write the check. And what that means is if you say you want something, invest in it. It's very scary. And we all look at our finances and say, yeah, but but do it. And it will come back to you. That's what I found. And do it without a fear on it. You know, I think fear and money, it can be very easily connected, but it shouldn't be. That's a break, you know, and that even comes to when there's times, you know, because we all are going to have times where we have more money in the bank and there are always going to be times when we're a little bit more strapped and you need to, I feel like, treat those two imposters just the same. It's very difficult, but it's the same thing. I, I can also 
feel like I could, you know, when I was single and saying, will I ever meet anyone? I had to let that go. And I think that's a life mantra. And that sounds so, oh, but really letting go and trusting. And that being said, you know, investing in it is what you say you want. I want to start an internet business. I want to start my own clothing line. You know, you have to invest to get that return and put out there with trust, but also get great people to surround you. And if that means you have to write checks for those kind of things, you know, do it because it does pay off. And I've noticed that earlier on, I didn't want to write the check and I wondered why things weren't working. And that even comes to investing in your own career. If it's, you know, getting more materials to study, if you're an actor, whatever that ends up being, but really putting in because you will reap what you sow. You will get that back. So I see it when I invest in something and it's to somebody else. Oftentimes I see that come back to me immediately in a job and it's crazy. It's like clockwork. So I think that that's a a good lesson is to really just write the check with confidence and and invest in what it is that you say you want and then back that up with work. There's nothing, nothing compares. It's, those who work hard are going to benefit and it's working smart too, but it's really putting in. And if that it's, it's like the gym, well, I'm overwhelmed. I'm a mother. I have this, I have my other job. How am I going to take on this business as well? You put in, you start with 20 minutes a day and you, you focus on that and you get your plan and then you can add to that. It's like saying, well, I can't redesign my whole home. It's too overwhelming. You start with one I'm going to paint this room. And I think it's the same thing with your relationship with investing money. And how am I going to do that? I love that. Yeah. Baby steps, because money can definitely be overwhelming. Um, I like that you have incorporated kind of a mixture of being faithful, you know, like uh, taking a leap of faith with your investments, but also doing the the important work and getting the tools in place, because that, of course, is part of it. We can't just like sit in our couch and light candles and assume that, you know, the investment will pay itself back. You have to do the work and you have to also, I think, be specific about the work. And, you know, I think for me, a big uh, downfall has been that I have had so many things going and it's what's going to work, but you have to also be on a track and be focused about a plan. And I think that that's hard to do. So that's why it's one step at a time, line things up, study, and, you know, patience is part of it. If yeah. you look at all the people that have been successful, it's, it's rare that you can say somebody did things overnight. Oh, never. Well, you I know, it, uh, it's just not like that. So. How, what was little Jenny like? Like growing up, I know you grew up in Scottsdale. Um, can you take kind of paint the picture a little bit and also what the – what the biggest financial lesson you learned as, as a child growing up was? What was your exposure to money as a kid? Uh, well, my family started the old spaghetti factory. So uh, they worked very hard and also took a leap of faith. Um, you know, everything that I think I lear- have learned about Hollywood, I learned from the old spaghetti factory. I joke about that because um, here we are Greeks going into the Italian restaurant <laughs> business. Um, we always put our customer first and wanted to create an affordable environment, but something beautiful. So my mom and her sister and her brother and their um, you know, husbands and wives 
all went into this business together and they would go to Europe and furnish the restaurants with antiques and make this beautiful environment. There was a trolley car in every restaurant. And so when you were coming to dine with your family and have an affordable meal, it felt special. So it's, again, the same things we're talking about, attention to detail, making it an experience. And then we, uh, we had my yaya, which is Greek for grandmother's recipe of mazithra cheese, which is still imported from Greece and actually now sells in Costco. And uh, wow. it, uh, it's, uh, mazithra cheese is a mixture of cheeses. It's a salty Greek cheese, and it has a brown butter sauce really recommend it, uh, especially if you want a, a splurge night. Um, and so they built that, you know, and before my grandparents had a, they started out with a pickle stand, moved to a um, cafe in Portland, and the first spaghetti factory opened now about, I want to say, 43 years ago. Um, and it has remained family owned and there are seven that are franchised in Japan, but um, we are very proud of it. And so I grew up with my father who was a risk taker, especially in advertising. He did some incredible kind of promotions with oftentimes with sports, you know, to get people into the restaurant. And um, he was a risk taker, but also a very hard worker. So that was in me. I was working, you know, as a, a hostess and a bus girl all from when I can remember, you know, young. And then through college, I worked and uh, I had a wonderful upbringing. I think my one relationship and interesting thing about money is that my family had money, but they also were smart about things. My mom didn't drive, you know, a really expensive car. They, they made kind of you know, which I think everybody does in their own way. Where do I want to splurge and where can I cut back? What are the things I want to spend on? You know, so we would be able to travel. But then, you know, maybe my mom didn't need a really, really fancy car. I mean, she had an Astro van, which is still very fancy. And um, I love <laughs> the Astro minivan. Uh, but, you know, those kind of things. So they bought their house and it was um, a lucky find. The person had to get out. So they got a house definitely for a much better price. So that was a good investment at a young age. And um, I loved growing up in Arizona. It was a great place to um, to be. And I wanted at a young age to be a doctor. And then in the fifth grade, I was the most amazing snowman. And from there, um, <laughs> yeah, I definitely loved the theater, but played tennis and went to UCLA um you know, with the intention of being a tennis player and then just got really uh, in love with drama. And so I went into the drama program and uh, got into acting, did set, uh, Groundling, Second City, that whole journey, and then did a one-woman show. And many, you know, as an actor's life is, testing, not getting jobs, working here and there. A lot of rejection. Tons. Mm -hmm. And um, I look back and and my struggle with money was great. And so I say to anyone listening, you know, uh, there were times that were so tough. And I, I feel like when I've heard a lot of people talk, you know, it's a road like anything. It's a roller coaster. So you have to hang on to the ride. And I can't say today that I'm so set. 
You know, it's mm-hmm. still up and down. It's still what's going to be next. You know, with our show, it's always a we're not sure, but isn't that life? And I find now as a parent that, you know, and I, I tell Jeff, who is, you know, on the road to, to possibly becoming a parent, I say, you know, the control thing's over. Like, you, you have to fasten your seatbelt and once, because, you know, you just, it's this kind of love that you'll never even be able to explain. And you also have to let go, you know, because it, it's scary. So that's, that's the ride. And I think that in the, my experience with money is I've been scared of it, you know, and fearful that I'm not going to have it. And, but I just try to focus on the work. And that has been, I think, a saving grace for me. What was your most challenging period with money? What was the biggest struggle, the biggest failure? Um, I think that basically, okay, so when I graduated college, my mom offered to, and dad offered to buy me a car or give me a down payment for a condo. And I took the car. And that is my biggest regret and failure. And why did I do that? Um, because I see, obviously, working alongside Jeff, too, kind of what that would have been today, because that was 1995, and I think of all the money and rent, uh, so I say also to young people out there, if you can save and you can make an investment, and again, it may be a struggle, but it will be well worth it to get your money into something, you know, where you're paying into something that you own. What did your parents uh, think when you said, oh, I think I'll get the car and not the down payment? Did they try to to sort of steer you down the real estate path instead? Because they're like, this is an appreciating asset. uh, They did, but uh, I'm as stubborn as stubborn is. So (laughs) I fought my way out of it because I wanted that, you know, cool car to get the guys. (laughs) Right, right. Um, Did it work? Yeah. You know, it didn't really work. No, no. Um, so, yeah, I wish I would have taken the condo. But um, there we go. Lesson learned. Right. And at least you learned it early on in, early on in life. So that's always the best time to, to make those mistakes. And I, always, I also think saving, you know, I just, it, it's again, it's discipline. But I should have put a little savings away. So there weren't those times that, that I had something to fall back on if there was, you know, a, a lapse period. Well, I think the best failures tee you up for success. So this transitions us now to talking about good times, success. You've had so many um, recent successes, whether it's negotiating deals, uh, authoring books, uh, television um, appearances, and et cetera, et cetera. What would you say is your proudest financial moment? You know, I can't say there's one. What I can say now is that all my hard work you know, I would always say, is anyone paying attention? And I feel like now that those years of grinding and putting in the work and not exactly seeing the result are paying off. So that's not just in one, you know, hit, but it's kind of a culmination. And I think, again, for everyone out there, you have to just stay the course. And if it feels like it's really far away, it actually is probably right around the corner. And usually when you're right at that place where you're going to have a real financial success and things are going to really start working, you feel like it's all falling apart. And that is what I would say for me 
it was like, is this ev- all this work putting in, is it ever going to pay off? Is it ever going to be? And I've seen that in, you know, many aspects of my career. And again, it's still paying it forward, though, you know, and that's something I've learned and I think is so important to people. You think, oh, I've made it now. And I don't think that's a way to think. I think it should always be like, okay, we got over this mountain. Now there's going to be another mountain. And rather than be discouraged by that, be empowered by it. Say, yes, what's next? Let's get to the next thing. Because it is, you know, it is not easy to be achieving. That's just what it is. And so I think that I'm in a place now where it's like, oh, this is exciting because I know the hard work is paying off. And I just have to, again, run my own race, you know, run the race against yourself, which is making your work better, making your product better, developing whatever business it is. And it is such an exciting time to, you know, with television and with the Internet and with businesses, you know, you can launch your business and it can really happen, you know, in it's exciting to see that, you know, it's exciting to see everything that's being done with web series and obviously everything with all the different mediums of Netflix and, you know, every, everything is just, there's a lot of opportunity out there, which is exciting. So it's, you want to stay the course of, of just running your own race. And I think that for me, I, I'm, I have a better relationship with money because I'm not so fearful of what's coming next, but that's an ongoing thing. I can say that to you today and then be like, Oh, I'm stressed tomorrow. Cause you know, we're actually right now trying to buy a house and, and that's a whole process, you know? And then, and then it's like, okay, well, we're going to, this is going to have to, we're not going to be able to travel as much for a while. We have to save, but it will be worth it. You know, especially now having a child, I would like to have her be able to have, you know, a little area to play and, and things like that. So as an entertainer, I would imagine, uh, like anyone who is a solopreneur an entrepreneur, when you're making money inconsistently, and then sometimes there's a big flood of money. And then other times it's drips and drabs. How do you manage that roller coaster? And, um, how do you get, how do you really establish a firm grip on what your needs and wants are as this sort of financial income roller coaster is happening? Yeah. You know, that's a great question. And I think it's day by day, you know, you just can't, I think you, again, you can't look at, at the money part of it as much as making the work great and your product great. And I feel like if that's what you're focused on, then the money will follow. And that's tricky because you say, great, but what am I going to do in the meantime? But, you know, I've been somebody that has, you know, definitely had this other career, which I didn't expect to go where it did, but that could end up feeding me back into the career that I originally wanted. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. So I think, again, it goes back to, you know, we're talking about the same themes here, but bloom where you're planted and do the best work at where you're at. So I always, you know, during uh, the tour of my book, we talked about with many people, you know, yes, I'm in, you're in this job that you think is going to lead you nowhere for what you want and the desires of your heart. But you have to trust that if you perform the best you can there, then those opportunities could come in a way that you could never imagine. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that's important 
And then in the meantime, you know, of course, you have to just try to to not get into a mindset of negativity about what's coming next. It's very difficult, but it can be done. You know, it's like our mind is a dangerous neighborhood and you have to stay (laughs) focused on what it is that you want and not get sidetracked because, you know, and, and keep your energy on what it is that you say you want. And that can be very powerful and keep your thought process on that. And if you're spiritual, you pray on that, you know, whatever it is that your, your way is, it's that's where your focus has to be because it's very easy to get distracted. And I think that that's the same thing with money. You can get, you know, whipped up and, you know, I've found that I'm putting money, you know, into a way now too, into a retirement. And that's something I hadn't really thought of before, but you know, yes, that money goes away, but I think that that's a good way to, to have that money saved, you know? It's important advice for a lot of entertainers and athletes and artists who don't have a traditional setup, right? Financial setup. They don't have a 401k. They're not really introduced to retirement because they, you know, like I have so much money. I, I have, it's all, it's, you know, it's, it's one big rush of money. It'll last me forever, but you have to be conscious about it and really compartmental with saying, okay, this is for retirement. This is for today. What is a habit, Jenny, that you practice almost daily that keeps you kind of in the right financial mindset? Uh, I think, again, it's just, you know, my husband has taught me something because I think many artists are a little bit more just, oh, whatever, let's just go, let's just do it. And I think my husband is is more thoughtful as a surgeon. You know, thank God he has to be. Um, he is more practical and let's think this through before we just jump on it. And so that's something I can say that I've, I've brought into my daily practice is, okay, if I'm going to spend here, is that a good idea? Let me think about it just for a beat. Let me process that and see rather than just say, oh, well, that's fine. You know, and that, that comes down to even purchasing an airline ticket, thinking twice about, do I want to pay this price? You know, I think those little things, you know, where we see if we if we chart out everything we're spending and you say, well, I can't spend any more money to get somebody to help me clean. But if that can take the stress off you so greatly, I think find that money, you know, what is it that you need to make you more productive and kind of slot that in and get the money from somewhere else? Mm-hmm. Because I think we never, we don't really stop to look at what am I spending and where am I spending and how am I spending? Right. And, and what do I want out of life? Right. We just kind of right? spend to spend and we don't really connect those dots. So important to reflect. I completely agree with you. And that's a really and important habit. I think habit. there's even things about shopping. It's an impulse. And if you stop and you, you say, you know, do I really need to do that right now? Is that going to fulfill? Because let's face it, everybody has an addictive something, whatever it ends up being. You know, some everything I think with a personality is, okay, this is where I can get some comfort. This is where I can feel good. This is what I need. And so stopping that and just taking a beat to say, do I really have to do that? It almost can just subside, you know, and that doesn't mean you don't treat yourself, but being smart about it, I think, Mm -hmm. and and deciding exactly what is it that's going to be best for my life and my well-being. And that's where you want to 
take and spend and splurge. All right, Jenny, we are almost wrapped here. I could talk to you for hours. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, me too, you. You're fascinating to talk to. This is a, a fun way to wrap the show. I, I throw out some sentences. You finish them. Maybe if you want to wrap it out. No, I'm kidding. Um, you know, just first thing that comes to your mind, don't overthink it. If I won the lottery tomorrow, if I won the lottery tomorrow, let's say $100 million, $200 million, the first thing I would do is? Uh, buy my family and dear friends at home. Yeah, what would you buy them? A beach house I would love. Or actually, I would probably ask, what is it do they want? Yeah. You know, do they want a condo? Do they want? Uh, but with $100 million, you bet. Buy that investment for everyone. <laughs> Write that check. Write that yes, check, as exactly, you say. <laughs> exactly. The one thing that I spend on that makes my life easier or better or both is? Uh, taking my daughter special places on the weekend. You know, we do our little day trips to Disneyland or the zoo or just a nice outing. Yeah. Uh, I love that. I'm a working mom, so that time for me is quality and I just want to just be with her experiencing seeing so that is a, a little splurge that I, I really do enjoy I look forward to that I'm in I'm on the east coast with a nine-month-old we are suffering from some cabin fever because of the cold so I'm envious of you out in the west coast oh yeah <laughs> it's funny you love the cold and it's always the grass is always greener right yeah but I yeah <laughs> Want that sun for you coming? It's yeah, it's coming. coming. I'm, 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 I'm confident. My biggest guilty pleasure that I spend a lot of money on, maybe even too much money, is. Ooh, uh, probably costumes. Really? What? What for? Yeah. Um. Well, you know, I am a rapper, and I do perform at children's parties, and so I always love a good costume. Like, probably my biggest splurge has been a monkey suit with a uh, fan in the head. So it's a battery-powered fan so you can stay cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. So uh, I've, I've spent a little less lately because we've been uh, filming. So, But I do like a good costume or a good toy or, yeah. And you won that at the Apollo, right? That's amazing. Yes. Yes, and that was a nice costume. That was a a, a Cub Scout outfit. Still have it. Mm-hmm. I have hot dog suits, and you can come over anytime. Yeah, I would love to play dress you up. That sounds like up. a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Your daughter must go crazy in that closet. Yes, she she has a lot of fun. We have already too many costumes for her. So that's probably something I need to be wise about in my my spending chart. Well, it's paying off. <laughs> yes, I do use it for entertainment. So, One thing I wish I had known about money as a child growing up is? Uh, that it, it can't fulfill you in, in certain ways. You know, I think that I looked as, oh, as many of us do, if I have X amount of money, that will make a happier, better life and way. And ultimately, it's not true. Mm-hmm. You know, it, that it money cannot define you. It's lovely and it, does, it can afford so many things, but it isn't that wider, deeper thing in your life. It's 
definitely, I think, a good thing. And But I think also people that are blessed with having a lot of money need to give. They have to pay it forward, charity, all that. And I see friends that I know that have been very successful that are very generous with all of that. And I think that that is a must. So the more that I hope to make, the more I want to be able to give to others. And I think that that it that's, you know, I think a lot of people get a lot of money and then they still feel empty. And I think that there's a balance there. Because well, you don't want to make it an obsession like anything else. And it can become that. Yeah. Well, speaking of <clears throat> giving back and, and generous acts, what, this is the next sentence you're going to finish. When I donate money, I like to give to blank because? Uh, there's an organization, Opportunity Village in Las Vegas, and they provide for people with disabilities. Give them uh, work give a facility. I have a nephew that's special needs. He's 19 um, with a brain tumor. And they said he would probably not live past four. And he's now 19 and becoming an artist. Wow. And I think Opportunity Village, it gives uh, a chance for people, not just children, but also just people in their life that have suffered an accident and have special needs, a place to flourish. I love that. And I'm so happy to hear about your nephew? Yes. Wow. Thank you. Yeah, That's... he is um, really flourishing as an artist. It started as a, a therapy for him, and his art is now gaining uh, interest. So it's so wonderful. And, and he talked about a success story of, of don't ever say you can't do something. And he lives his life with multiple seizures, yet he has a joy about him, and he has a purpose. And that was something my sister and brother-in-law always said, you know, we are going to give him that will and want to live, you know, and then, and fight against what everybody is saying Mm -hmm. that he's so sick. And, and I think, again, there's such power in where you put your focus and that's with how you, everything we've been talking about today. So it's really changing that mindset. And I think that it can sound like really, but it is powerful. And it's like the gym. You have to focus on getting away from the negativity and I can't do it and I can't start this business and I don't have it and I work a full-time job. So how am I going to take this on? You just do it. You put one foot in front of the other and you start your podcast and you start your (laughs) thing and they grow and they flourish. I mean, look at someone like Andy Cohen. What a great example. I use him as an example because that was something that he had and a passion and he built that. And, you know, he went from this, really, it was a web thing to Meryl Streep and Oprah. You know, you can do that, Mm -hmm. but you have to really believe it and you have to put the work in. Yeah, you got to put the work in. What a lovely way to wrap this interview, Jenny. My gosh, I had no idea going into this. I mean, I had a sense that it was going to be riveting and fun, but this is really like made me so much more energetic today. I, I know listeners are taking this all in and probably will be playing this on repeat. Um, well, you're a, you're an amazing example. You had something that you wanted to do. You had things that you want to get out there. You're paying it forward. You're educating others and you're passionate about it. You see, you know, talk about doing the work. You sent me a detailed 
you know, these are the things we're going to talk about. So you're a perfect example of everything we're discussing today. So you keep on keeping on. Oh, thank you. Thank you, girl. Well, listen, last but not least, finish this for me. I'm Jenny Poulos and I'm so money because... I'm a rapper, a mother, and a dog lover. I love it. I love you. Jenny Poulos, thank you so, so much. It's been an honor. Thank you. And go out there, everybody, and make more money. More money. (laughs) Thanks so much. For more about Jenny, please visit JennyPoulos.com. Her rap album that just came out is called Old School Kids Beats. She's also the author of the book Grin and Bear It, How to Be Happy No Matter What Reality Throws Your Way. For the transcript from this interview, as well as the comments, just hop on over to SoMoneyPodcast.com. There, of course, you can also ask me a question. Every Saturday and Sunday, I respond to your inquiries and also your feedback. So if you're interested in connecting that way, please take advantage of that tool. I check it regularly. And if you'd like to connect with me one-on-one, like voice-to-voice, you, me, I encourage you to write a review on iTunes, share your feedback on iTunes, and every Saturday at the top of the show, I select one new review from the week, the person who writes that, the reviewer, receives a free 15-minute money blitz with me where we talk about whatever's on your money mind. So if that's interesting to you, please uh, take advantage of that. And I would love to read your review out loud on the next episode of Ask Farnoosh. Thanks so much for tuning in. Once again, thank you to my wonderful guest, Jenny Poulos. I hope your day is so money.